everybody and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have another great conversation for you today. We talk about all kinds of things, near-death experiences, different chapters of your life, finding that way to ignite your soul, so many things. You're going to love my guest today. Before we dive in, I just want to share a few things with you. My next group coaching call is going to be on love and relationships, and my co-host is going to be, who do you think? My husband. (laughs) We're going to talk about all things love, relationships, sex, dating, ask us anything you want, no matter what your relationship status. It's going to be March 18th at 5 p.m. Pacific, but it's virtual and it's recorded, so you don't have to show up live. But if you show up live then you can coach by us. So go to christinehassler.com slash group to join us. And remember, you don't have to necessarily be there live. You'll want to get to the the recording for this one if you can't make it live. It's going to be a juicy one. So again, christinehassler.com slash group. So let me tell you about my guest today. Her name is Amber Liliestrom, and she is just amazing. She's going to share so much with you that I really think is going to touch your heart. Let me tell you a little bit about who she is professionally. You'll learn more about who she is personally in our conversation. She's a transformational branding strategist, business coach, author, and speaker. She's been featured by Entrepreneur, Working Mother Magazine, The Gold Digger, and other influencer podcasts. She's the host of her own podcast, which I'm going to be a guest on. And she's also the creator of the Ignite Your Soul Summit, an annual event in New Hampshire, and multiple life-changing online programs. We talk about her event in the interview. Amber's mission is to empower women to position themselves as sought out experts and thought leaders through the creation of an online brand presence. Her transformational mindset work sets her apart in an industry focused on strategy first and her work later. She's focused with thousands of women worldwide, building a seven-figure business from home while also homeschooling her daughter and retiring her husband from her 11-year police career. She's a force of heart. I can't wait for you to get to know her. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about one of my favorite jewelry brands. Jeannie Verger Jewelry uses gemstones and crystals that have healing properties to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. And why Jeannie Verger Jewelry is a little extra special to me is because she and I actually went to grad school together where I got my spiritual psychology degree. And so we gift a lot of our retreat participants with her jewelry because it's just so special. As you know, or as you may know, both our bodies and healing crystals have energetic vibration, which makes us naturally receptive to the vibrations of gemstones as they can align our own vibrations with theirs. That's why healing crystals and gemstones have a powerful vibratory effect when placed directly on your body. Jeannie Verger Jewelry Gemstones and Healing Crystals serve as a tool to help connect conscious thoughts with the body. With healing stones, the real game changer is when you infuse them with a specific intention for daily inspiration. I really love the Rock Your Heart bracelet from Jeannie Verger as a reminder that I can attract anything my heart desires by holding a positive vision and infusing that vision into my jewelry as a daily reminder and inspiration. And it's red. So I really love the power of wearing red. So here is your call to action because Jeannie has a great offer for you. You can begin your crystal journey with a beautiful mala necklace or gemstone inspiration bracelet from Jeannie Verger Jewelry and get 30% off your order 
order with the code GRATEFUL at JeannieVergerJewelry.com. And I'll spell that for you. J-E-A-N-N-E-V as in Victor, E-R-G-E-R. And then you know how to spell jewelry. Com. Again, use the code GRATEFUL in all caps and receive 30% off your order when you go to JeannieVergerJewelry.com. I think you're really going to like the jewelry there. Get yourself or one of your soul sisters or your daughter or your mom an awesome gift. And now on to my conversation with Amber. Amber, I'm so excited to dive in with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Christine. I'm so honored and excited to be here. Ah, well, so we just finished recording a podcast where I was interviewed by you. And so now I get to interview you. And the the common theme for both of us is that we're constantly evolving and we're constantly growing. And we weren't the same person we were a year ago, but especially five years ago. Yes. And my audience, they're personal growth junkies, um, but not just junkies. They actually... It's, it's their ethos. It's their values. They know that we're all here to evolve as souls and mm-hmm. that we have different, different chapters and different growth points and different breakthroughs and b- different breakdowns. So I'd love to introduce you to my audience by starting with just sharing like what chapter you feel you're in now. Like mm-hmm. if you were to, to, to call this time of your life, if you were to give it a chapter name, what would you call it and why? I would call this this chapter, it would really be about rooting into truth. Mm-hmm. And it's really about rooting in, in a way that is healthy, of course, you know, not in like, I'm not moving forward and I'm going to stay here. But I mean, I love, I'm looking out my window as I'm speaking to you right now. And I have these beautiful, just giant pine trees that surround our home. And I call them sister mm-hmm. pines. And you know, what I think about when I look at these trees, I mean, I could like literally just start crying talking about the trees, but they are ever evolving and changing yet. They kind of look exactly the same. And I think about how long they've been here. They've certainly been here a heck of a lot longer than I have in some cases. And I think about how, yeah, how content the tree is to be the tree. Mm. And, you know, I really, I'm in that season of my life of sort of cutting that cord from the, the old striving, proving model of working for approval, working for achievement to feel a significant and be like I mattered and, and now be in this season of, of, oh, of course, you know, of course. And this is what you're, you've always been here for this, this part of your curriculum. And you matter just like the tree matters, you know, like we all matter in a really big way. In fact, I'm wearing a t-shirt that I had made for my, my students that says you matter on it. And I think that's where it is. It's like really rooting into the earth and into this moment in time, unlike, you know, any other time in history, like this is such a rich time in my life. And, you know, I I also say this, Christine, you know, I'm the, the mother to a six and a half year old daughter um, she's in this this very like flexible uh, plastic state of her emotional development right now, and I'm very attuned to that and very present for that. Um, my husband's in his own evolutionary journey, as we all are, you know, in our relationship, reaching new realms of um, intimacy and connection and support, and us each being in our respective zones of divine feminine and masculine and 
blending back and forth. My parents are are still here. You know, my mom's 70, my dad is 75 and their, their health is okay. You know, it's, it, they're still working and able body. My dad still ski races, even though he recently had a little bit of a health situation happening. He's still doing that. My nephew is growing up. It's like, my life is so rich, you know, and I, and I don't lose sight of the fact that, you know, it's not always going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, I don't want to, you know, when I left my corporate career to launch my business, a big part of it was there are two parts to it. One was I want to be present for the life that I'm living and the people in it. And the second mm-hmm. part was I want, I, I don't want to get to a, a space in my life where I have regret about missing the moments that I can't get back. I really, really want to live my life, like the richness of the moments of my life. Yeah. So it's been an ongoing theme, but I'm more aware of that now. And I'm able to really enjoy it now because I'm less in that fight or flight fear, like build a business. Oh my God, survive mode that I was even just like two years ago. You know, I, this brings me to the question that I was going to ask and you teed me up perfectly. So I think that a lot of people have this kind of awareness, but what I find is that people that are not in a place financially where they feel safe or where they feel like they're thriving, it's harder to have the awareness that, oh my gosh, this isn't the answer. Like I want to be more present. I want to look at the trees. I want to ground into earth. Why do you think it is that for so many people, it takes reaching a level of success financially or overcoming some financial block and getting to a place where you've made it on some level in your own mind? Why do you think it takes getting there before we're like, you know what? I need to work less. I need to look at the trees. I need to root in earth. I need to pay attention to what matters. Mm. Well, because we just haven't been taught any other model than be at a full sprint to survive. And, you know, as you talked about on my podcast, in our interview, the way that our brains actually exist, you know, there is this reptilian brain, there's this survival mode brain. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing to our human is keep me alive. And so it's just so ingrained in there. I mean, in anything you consume or look at or watch, you know, on the news and whatnot, it's always about doom and gloom and the attempt to survive, you know, and, and here are all the threats to your survival. Like, let's just flash them on the screen in rapid succession <laughs> to make you more afraid. And so it just creates this, this pattern in our brains of, of paralyzation, if you will. And we don't have a lot of really great coping strategies that we are provided with unless we go out and seek them on our own. And oftentimes we don't go seek those out on our own because we believe that this is actually how the world is and how life is. Mm-hmm. And it often takes a, a big life experience to shake us and wake us to an alternative. And then we end up going on our own little you know, rabbit hole trail to figure out how to get to that. And so certainly that's been my experience. However, Uh, Much like you, I was a super intuitive kid, a highly sensitive kid who felt, 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 felt everything. And I also was very analytical. And I remember looking at how my parents reacted to things and how the adults in in my life were reacting to things. And I thought, you know, just doing some data analysis of seeing some of my friends' parents and then seeing how other things were in my personal world and thinking, you know, there's just got to be a different way. There just has to be a different way to do this because this is just, I'm, I'm freaking out, you know, and I'm, I'm like 10 years old and I feel so stressed all the time. And I just, I didn't want a, to pass that baton on to my child Mm -hmm. and B, I just 
thought, man, I, I think that life is, there's a way to enjoy life in a richer and deeper way. And by golly, I'm going to, I think I'm going to figure that out in this lifetime while I'm here. Yeah. But I think that you're right. I think that in a lot of ways, if our basic survival needs are not taken care of, it's hard to get to the elevated frequencies. Yeah. Um, yes. And Joe Dispenza talked a lot about this at the retreat we were at is, and, and one of the reasons that they do scholarships and, um, they bring several people who couldn't afford it on their own and make sure their room and board and their food and like all their survival needs are taken care of so they can really be present to the work and they're not worrying, am I going to be able to pay my bill? Like, am I going to be able to afford dinner tonight? Those kinds of things. So I, I think getting those survival skills, I mean, that, that survival self feeling safe is really important. And I, I would love for you to share a little bit about how you built your business because um, for people listening who are like, all right, well, it's nice for you guys to be able to talk about, you know, looking at the trees because you're not worried about paying your bills on a daily basis. But I'm over here wondering what I'm going to do with my life and how to make money because I know you're an incredible entrepreneur and that you teach other people how to build businesses as well. So could you share a little bit about, you know, not just what you do now, but what got you to where you are now and things you learned along the way in building a business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that the important piece that is really the the spark that I'm certain that your audience can resonate with here is that um, I knew that I had a, a big call on my life from a young age. You know, I had some hard things happen at a really young age, but they also were gifts because they helped me to immediately start understanding myself and others and emotions on a much deeper level. And so I always had this knowing that I was going to share my story. I was going to write books. I was going to speak. I just knew that at a really young age. And I, the work that I do with my clients is really about helping them kind of access that. Like, what was that? You know, we go back on the timeline and help them get to the why, but, but the why that lives underneath the why, you know, and getting into their, their origin stories and getting into those spaces to help them see how their life curriculum has led them to be the perfect person to do the work that only they can do. And so I, you know, of course I've developed that, that understanding of what my work really is through my own personal process. And so I started my business months after I had a near-death experience when my daughter was born. And it was just this sort of like personal reckoning moment and invitation to fully surrender, you know, to all the ways that I had been just controlling my life and forcing myself into in, staying in spaces and places that were no longer serving me, i.e. at that point, a, a corporate career. You know, I was uh, working in collegiate athletics and as a sport marketing professional. I was also teaching at the university. And there are parts of it that I really loved, but, um, and I loved the people and I loved, you know, I loved how entrepreneurial I got to be in my job. But at, I got to this place where I was ready for, for more. And it was like sort of the tap from the universe saying, you know, okay, are you ready to embark on the next aspect of your journey? You know, you're ready to start doing, I was so afraid. I was so paralyzed, you know, of like, well, uh, what am I going to do? And how am I going to package it? And who am I, you know, look at all these awesome shiny haired people, mm -hmm. you know, out there mm -hmm. and they just, they're so smart. And I'm like, just trying to put my Squarespace website together and like banging my head against the wall. And, and so, you know, but I just knew, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't quit on this. And I'd had this, this, honestly, this really profound physical life experience, spiritual experience, but moreover, I'm now a mom. So I have this child and I'm looking at her and there's just, you know, there's just no way that I want to leave her and like, and, and go do this job where I'm not going to be with her. And it's funny because I kept saying before I became a mom, 
oh, I, I'm always going to work and I'm definitely like not going to leave my job. I mean, I was just such a cocky broad, you know, I was just like, I had no clue what I was even talking about. And the second that my <laughs> child came into the world, it was like every aspect of like motherhood, maternity, like all of those instincts came in and like mama bear, like, what do you mean I'm going to leave my child? Like there's no Mm -hmm. chance now that I'm going to leave my child. I was just as stubbornly convicted around that as I was before having her in my arms. And so, you know, I went back to work and, um, and I just knew I I can't, I can't keep doing this because I was out of integrity, Christine, you know, I, I, at this point now, which is one of my core values is integrity, but integrity with self, not like morals and principles and being righteous. It was integrity with self, like my soul. And I now was in a place and space where I couldn't be all of who I now was in this job. And so I knew I needed to do it. So I, the, in the, the nooks and crannies, and I'm telling you, right, I have a brand new baby. My husband is a police officer. He's working nights and, and he's on this night shift and he's got to sleep at other times. And I'm, you know, I get her to bed finally. And then I'm so tired and I'm building this little website and I'm, I'm doing these like free brand website audit things and <laughs> saying like helping people. But when I would get on those calls, here's what I was doing. Yes, I was providing with some value, but I was I was getting data, right? I was analyzing, okay, who who can I really help here and what's really resonating for them? And what was what was resonating was it wasn't, oh, your your colors are off or your fonts are not quite telling the right story. It's it's your your you have a headshot of yourself and your back is to the camera what, what is, what's going on here? And then she's like, I hate my business. And I'm, so I'm coaching her through that and helping her create the business she actually wants to be doing. And I'm getting in like under the hood with these women in this very deep sacred brand coaching experience. And, you know, it was really life coaching, brand coaching all in one. And I started to develop my own process. And, uh, I launched this business about eight months after my daughter was born. And I had one client when I gave my notice. And I, and I think it's important to say here, you know, what was I doing to prepare myself for that? Well, I had a salary. I was a, a decade long career. It wasn't like a, you know, just had this job and then I just quit it. It was my family's livelihood. Like our benefits were on my job there. And mm-hmm. so we really, we really crunched our numbers. You know, we had a spreadsheet where we knew like, okay, here are some scenarios like here. And I just knew I have to know what my number is. Like, what's my monthly What do I need to do? Like what? And, and are the offerings that I'm creating in my new business going to actually get me there? So there was that, that tactical aspect of things in our family. What can we cut? You know, there was a period of time where we, we got rid of one of our cars. Uh, we didn't need to have two car payments. I'm like, I'm going to be working from home. Like we can just, you know, whatever we can, we can wing this. And, um, my husband's uh, father had a, like a super old Honda Accord and he gave it to us cause he was going to literally like scrap it. <laughs> he was just going to trade in for like $5. <laughs> he's like, you can have it. And so what I didn't, Ben didn't tell me this at the time, but every time I go in the, the driveway, I'm like the car, like it smells like gas. And he's like, oh yeah, there's a hole in the gas tank, but it's like high up. So if I just keep the gas level kind of low, it's not a problem. And I'm like, oh my God. So we're driving this car with, that has a hole in the gas tank of all things. My husband didn't oh. tell me that, you know, we got rid of like the cable and all the, all the things, the, the non-essentials to just really, you know, get down to the, to the basics of what we really needed because what we valued the most was this transition happening, being more together than we were apart, me being home with our daughter, not missing the moments that I couldn't get back. And so it was like, we aligned the, the values that, and the things that matter to us. And then 
made these transitions and, and I was doing the nap time hustle. I get her down. I would do a coaching session in that, that window while she was napping and we were bootstrapping it. You know, we really were, but my business started to grow pretty, pretty quickly because at, you know, the end of the day, I was doing something I really loved. I was, I was in alignment. I was working a max at that time. I mean, honestly, 12 to 15 hours a week, because that's all I had. And it was a complete change in life, but it was moreover a perspective change. I had been working, you know, 40, 60, 70 hours a week in my old job. And when I realized, Christine, okay, I am, I was dedicating, you know, 60, 50 hours a week to building what I built over here. Can you imagine if I even give like one tenth of that to Mm -hmm. my business? Like, what am I going to be able to create? And Wow, I've never I've I've never even thought of it from that perspective. This is really really exciting and I'm going to be fulfilled and I'm going to be happy and I don't have to ever wear khakis and a polo shirt ever again if I don't want to. <laughs> like jackpot. <laughs> right? Oh my god. I love that. And and how long ago was that just to give people context about 6 years ago? Yeah, 2014 mm-hmm. in May of 2014 is when I uh left my corporate career. Mm. And what does your business look like today so people can see the through line? Wow. You know, it is mastermind programs working with just incredible visionary women. And and frankly, just so many different former versions of myself. You know, it's women who are still in a corporate career, but have that call, that tap on their heart. They know they're ready to, to launch that personal brand or that business or whatever. And they're just afraid and they're not really sure how. And, and they just, they need someone who's been there, who's walked in those shoes to, to walk with as they're navigating not only the the tactical aspects of things, but of course, you know, my work is really, really mindset focused because that's it. You know, the women that I work with are, are really smart and they're really bright and they're really resourceful and they can figure out a strategy. That's, that's not the challenge here. It's the self-belief that gets in the way. And so it's this beautiful blend of the, the, and both of that, of helping them with that, that limiting belief release work and helping them rewire and reframe and get into the vibration they really want to be living at and creating at and then making sure that what they're putting out into the world, their offerings are a reflection of, of who they really are and how they're really best positioned to serve and help people. And so, mm. you know, programs and mastermind experiences and, and live events um, that I do, I'm writing a book right now, and that's the way. But I, I still work maximum like 20 hours a week, max, max. That's like, a, that's like overworking, if I'm being completely honest. And the whole, the whole time coming into building this business, you know, I did not, I built this business so that I could be all of myself, which means, you know, the mom, the wife, the athlete, the super sensitive introverted person who needs to be able to go for walks with her sister pines every day and with the dog Mm -hmm. in the woods and who really is needing to to soothe and heal her central nervous system from years and years of anxiety and pushing and stress and pressure and, all of that, you know, and, and so this is like, my work is also helping me heal in the, in the really important ways that I need to. Oh, absolutely. My career has been such a beautiful teacher in so many ways, sometimes a gentle one, sometimes a challenging one. Um, I want to go back to something we kind of glossed over, which was the near death experience that you had when your daughter was born. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Because I know many of our listeners are 
um, have, have had those and also are very curious about what that really means. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So um, the near-death experience was, uh, I, I was having an emergency C-section. You know, I went into labor um, naturally on the day before my due date and all was really well there. And um, I mean, I frankly was in this place of like, I can't believe I literally went into labor. You know, <laughs> like I had this whole story in my head that, because my mom had told me about my birth um, and how it was like, you know, 17 hours and this big dramatic story that I've heard so many times about how difficult I was the moment I got here. And I'm being a little facetious, but not really. Um, <laughs> that was a story that I was told. So of course I created that synesthesia of like labor means torture and taking forever. And so when I went into labor the day before my due date, Christine, I literally drove myself to the hospital because I was in disbelief that I was in labor. I was like, oh, I just don't feel good. I'm like crampy right now. And I call my doctor and they're like, yeah, you're, you're five minutes apart. You need to come to the hospital right now. And I was so stubborn back then that I literally, I literally told them on the phone that I was, you know, that a neighbor was going to take me or something. I just, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've got this. And I drove myself in between contractions to the hospital, which I would not recommend. Anyway, I did, I got there. And after, you know, pushing for about four hours or so, it was clear that Ani's heart rate was high and I was starting to have some, some health challenges and she was just not progressing and not coming out. And so when they brought me into the operating room and administered the anesthesia, um, what ended up happening was the, it, it ended up translating into a high spinal tap. So that froze my diaphragm and I stopped breathing and they were um, breathing for me essentially on the table. And I went into this space of unconsciousness and, um, in that space between motherhood and, what I was quickly realizing in that moment might be my last breath. I was met with this clarity of vision of, of what I knew I was supposed to be doing, but wasn't. And it was this, I'll be completely honest. It was a really dark experience. It was a dark space. It was painful. And I felt so sad, you know, that I known this for so long and I'm just not doing it. And it was, it was clear as day that, Mm you're not doing what you're, you're here to do. It was like mm. a call up. And then it, it kind of just from there, it, it just transitioned into suddenly I was that, that bar, bird's eye view that they talk about. You know, I've read a lot of books about near-death experiences, really trying to understand what was happening for me. It was above, I was above myself. I was above my husband who was in the room where we had just left and he was in his scrubs and he was holding the camera. He was going through the settings. I could see him just looking through and like practicing shots. And I mean, it just could make me weep talking about it, mm-hmm. seeing him there, how, how badly he wanted to take pictures of his daughter, how excited he was. Oh, and then mm-hmm. my parents, you know, in the, the waiting room, then I saw them and they were, my mom had her arms clenched, you know, crossed in her, her upper lip. Just, she was so nervous mm-hmm. because of course my mom is as intuitive and much of a feeler as I am. So she knew, you know, she knew it's like, oh, yeah, always brings me back um, to yeah. that. And I, I could see them, my dad also going through his camera, looking at the pictures he had taken. And, uh, and then I saw myself and that that merging of these experiences of these these people that I loved, like being there waiting, they were right there, you know, they were there the whole time. And seeing myself, I just was overwhelmed with this incredible sense of gratitude and appreciation and and honestly just profound love. It just it just enveloped me. And it was this 
inexplicable, like impossible to describe in words feeling that overwhelmed me. And I entered into just complete and utter surrender. I just went into this place Mm -hmm. of if this is, and I, I started talking to God, you know, and I wasn't someone who really talked to God back then, but I said, God, if this is your wish for my life, like if this is my next step, I, okay. You know, I just, okay. And I knew it was like, I didn't have to say words or anything like that. I just knew that my daughter would be okay. I knew Mm. that I had chosen a partner and I had the parents, like we had all chosen each other and that Ani would be okay no matter what. And I completely and utterly surrendered. And it was like this switch just flipped in that moment. And all of a sudden I was conscious. I was awake in the room and the anesthesiologist was behind me. And he, he yelled to the surgeon who was on my left hip and he said, go, 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 go. And she, it was very, you know, rapid and she started the procedure and they were just saying, you're going to feel a lot of pressure. And I felt a lot of pressure. And I was just like completely conscious, completely there breathing on my own. Mm. And Ani just emerged into the world and her full head of hair and just, you know, (laughs) like singing into the world. I was in complete disbelief. Like she's here and she's perfect and she's okay. And I, and I'll tell you, I had this moment, Christine, when she came, I didn't mess that up. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't mess her up. I, I mean, and in that moment was the clarity of like how much I'd been carrying, you know, of, of over-responsibility in my whole life, you know, let alone like, yeah. I'm going to mess my, my baby up. That's in the, my womb. And I have no control really over like her, what's going to happen here. Right. And wow, it was just, it was profound. And so Ben came in a couple of minutes later and he got to hold her and and we were there and, and it was just like, you know, as Abraham Hicks talks about near-death experiences being quantum leaps and consciousness. And, and I really do feel like that's what it was. But of course, you know, it was good. It would take time for me to, to yeah. sort through that and to then, you know, certainly take action as a result of it. But there was a shift that happened in that, that moment for certain. Yeah. Well, definition of a miracle is a change in perception and a near-death yeah. experience will certainly give you a <laughs> perception and how, how interesting and how insightful of your soul to set it up in coordination with your daughter's delivery. I mean, to have those two significant life events happen at the same time, like I know (laughs) giving birth to a human, but rebirthing yourself at the same time. Absolutely. That's Mm -hmm. pretty significant. It's a pretty big soul contract you have with that little one. Yes. Powerful, really powerful. So for people, Amber, who, again, are like, well, I haven't had a near-death experience. How do I, how do I know? Like, I think I should be doing something else, but I have no clue what it is. What do you say Mm -hmm. to those people? You know, I just, I think that it comes to us in whispers and and it doesn't always come in this grand form. And I I will be honest, I was getting a lot of whispers. I was getting a lot of those feather taps which sometimes then progress into being sort of like the two by four, you know, hello, you know, the, the palms of the forehead moments. And then sometimes, you know, if you're, you're real stubborn, you, you, you like to create these Mack truck moments for yourself. And I think that it, it comes for us in all the different ways, you know, and, and I'm being again, facetious about that, but that's really, I think I wasn't listening to the whispers. I wasn't, I was, I needed it to be more significant for me to actually pay attention to the the truths that were being presented to me that were a plenty if I go back in my timeline. And um, I also think, you know, as we talked about in in our interview together on my show, that um, I was not actually really great at self love at that time. 
I mean, that was six and a half years ago, but that was still a, a sticking point for me. I was still quite hard on myself. And I think when we can soften into self-compassion, the whispers um, start to become maybe a little bit louder or, or we're just more willing to say, oh, okay, you know, you're, you're telling me something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit with that for a minute or I'm going to, I'm gonna ask you some more clarifying questions. I'm not going to just brush it off and say life is hard and you need to suck it up and you need to go to work. I, I I think back then I wasn't quite as receptive to my own whispers, um, certainly in the way that I am now. And so I invite your listeners who are obviously these evolved um, women who are doing this deep work that, you know, you're, I, I like to say often, if the dream is in you, it's for you. And to remind you that it's not a mistake, these, these visions that you have that keep coming up, um, it is, it's part of what you're here to do. And it's very exciting for me to spend time with women and helping them, you know, get that. And also um, to then get to really roll our sleeves up and be super creative together and say, okay, and what does that, and, and then, then what does that look like? And then what does that look like? And what would feel fun to you there? So I invite your listeners to just really play in that space of being creative and like, what would my dream feel like? And that can be through an ideal day exercise. Um, that can be through the because why exercise, you know, and just, and just egging yourself on in a really loving and playful way to keep going in getting to your own mm-hmm. answers. I think people could discern the ideal day exercise, but maybe could you explain because why? Yeah. So, and that, because why can go in a lot of different directions. It's one that's really helpful in getting to the, to the, the deeper purpose of your work. But if you want to say to yourself, okay, this job is no longer working for me. Okay. Because why? Because my boss drives me insane and I'm tired of being bossed around. Because why? Because I want more freedom and autonomy in my day-to-day life. I want to work on the stuff that really actually inspires me. Because why? Because I feel like I have something I need to say here. Because why? Because I've lived through a lot of experiences that have given me insights and understanding that could help people because why? And then, and then do you see where we're going here? So then you can get really into your story. And, um, I mean, I I think the, because why exercise often typically ends in tears, but in a good way, (laughs) always clarity, there's always clarity at the end of that rainbow. Um, but I, I do believe that it guides us to the heartbeat, you know, of, of what matters most to us. And I think it can, you know, that's definitely one of the inroads to finding, um, answers around where we're holding ourselves back from giving ourselves permission to move in the direction of what is calling to us. Who Amber have been your most powerful teachers? Oh, such a great question. Oh, so many people, so many <laughs> amazing souls on this journey. Of course, my daughter over and over again, every single day of her life. My parents, 100%, two of my my greatest mentors, and I'll be forever grateful just for the ways that they have taught me and supported me and believed in me. You know, my brother for his tenacity and his very alternative way of doing things versus the way that I do things. And his very simplistic masculine approach to life. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Not simplistic in, in oversimplifying the masculine approach, but it just, it's, it, it's just easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's just like, because it is, you know, and, and you don't, you don't have to get so upset about it. And I really, I really appreciate that, you know, and him helping me kind of find the, find the, the simplicity in things. My husband for just how he shows me unconditional love and 
all the time. I mean, he's just, he's the, he's a man that shows up. He's have selfless service. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's honestly probably the greatest gift to my life. My, my partner. Mm. Yeah. My friends, you know, just so many of them. Um, my mentor right now, my spiritual mentor, her name's Rosemary Bradison. And she has just, she's talk about quantum leaps and consciousness in our work together. Mm. She's helped me, um, in a profound way. Uh, on, on just healing so many, so many deep wounds that I'm still walking around with, you know, and just kind of like, let's get those, let's start to like put some solve on those and let's get Mm -hmm. those suits. Yeah. I mean, those are the people that come to mind. And of course, like so many mentors, soccer coaches that I had Mm -hmm. in my career as a a division one athlete and leading up to that. Yeah. yeah, I could go on and on. I'm so grateful. You know, there's just so many amazing people and teachers who've come on my path. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a teacher yourself. We teach lots of things and every, I don't know if you do it once or twice a year, but you have your Ignite Your Soul Summit. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to tell a little bit about like who comes to that event and what does she think she's coming for, but what does she really get? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. Um, The Ignite Your Soul Summit, this is the fourth one. We do it once a year and it brings in typically around 500 women from all over, but it's over here on the East Coast in New Hampshire. So it's a unique space, but I really love to bring people home to this place that I call home, this really special spot in the world and to, to pour into my local community and the local business owners and all that. I just think it's Mm -hmm. really important. And I think it's important, you know, to model that you, you don't have to be in a big city to build a really successful business. And I want to, you know, walk, uh, what I, what I talk there. And so the people that come to the Ignite Your Soul Summit, men and women, mostly women, of course, are, they are just, again, they're, they are, they're seeking, they are in this place of opening to deeper levels of connection to themselves. And they're not sure what that even means, but they just, they just know that they're, that they're ready. They're curious, they're creators, they're creatives. They are often lots of coaches. There are a lot of, you know, helpers, you know, also Christine, they're, they're, they're survivors of trauma. You know, they're women who have overcome some really hard stuff and they are mothers and they are um, women who can't have children and that and that is very painful for them you know they but they are nurturers and they are they take care of people in their life um they're generous they're just these beautiful beautiful souls and they come thinking that they're going to probably create a bit of an action plan they come thinking that they're going to get to hang out with a bunch of really amazing people for the weekend they come to be inspired Um, but I also think that they come, oh, I mean, they know me well enough to know, don't come attached because you're going to, you're going to get so much more than you could possibly ever imagine. And so they come in just in this space of curiosity and anticipation and excitement. And I love that so much because that's really what it comes. And I'll, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to, what's going to happen. I don't even know who I'm going to be on April 25th and 26, 2020, you know, I, from the day of this conversation, I, I, you know, I have some ideas, but I'm going to be a more evolved, different version of me. So I'm just excited to play. And that's what I invite everybody into is just getting into that playful energy of opening to, to miracles and magic and accepting, you know, and, and not expecting, just staying, you know, unattached. And it makes my heart sore just to say those words, you know, and, and I, I get so excited about the, the elements that, that I weave into this experience very intentionally, music, performers, dancing. I have a ballerina who's a trauma survivor and has a, a ballet mm-hmm. company of, 
of trauma survivors. And, oh, I mean, I'm just, I can't wait for people to just experience just witnessing her movement, you know, and her expression. And I have Tim's story coming this year. I'm so excited to have Tim come to New Hampshire. Cool. Yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be so great. Well, and this podcast is going up February 29th. So people have Oh, yay. Yeah, there are tickets. Ignitesoulsummit.com, you guys, especially East Coasters. You know, it's, we don't have events like this on the East Coast. It just, it doesn't really happen. So um, yeah, grab your seat, you guys. And they're very affordable tickets because- um, you know, as you mentioned about, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, in the same, the same light, I, I really, I just want people to come. I just want them to come and have the experience and to, um, meet themselves and to elevate into the fullness of who they really are. I love that. I love that. Well, and people listening can just tell from listening to you and feeling your energy that you create a very safe feminine motherly, yes. but also like, let's step into your your fullest potential. What I what I love about you is that you're not like boss babish, and maybe you love that term. I don't really love that <laughs> no, term really so my, much. Not really my jam, though. I think they're great. I love the brand. Yeah, I love what I they've too. done. Yeah, I love. I love. Yeah, I love. Well, there's the brand, and then there's everybody that calls themselves a boss babe, and right. I don't think my people really resonate with that too too much because it's almost like too much. It's sort of like a more kind of extroverted. It's like well, it's like it's almost like re-traumatizing. Like yeah. it takes me back to, I can't, I'm not a, I'm not a hustler. Like it doesn't. And I think this is important too, though, Christine, like there've been times where I felt like, man, am I like, I'm not doing it right. Because, because I'm like, oh, I I feel like the weird one, like everybody's all strategic and getting excited about their funnels. And I'm sitting over here, like, can we just talk about why we all think we need to have all this first? I'm (laughs) right with you. (laughs) Right with you. Yeah. I have never gotten excited about talking about funnels and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, it's just like, I have to focus to be able to do that. You know, like I really, it's very, I can do it, but it's it's not that exciting to me. But being in a room with a bunch of people who are breaking through and like leading that guided visualization and putting on a song and like, whoa, like bringing that high vibe, totally transformational experience for people, breathing life into them, loving them, like, showing up for them, holding space, reflecting back to them, their brilliance. I mean, what else is there? That's it. It's everything. How do you compare that to a funnel? You just can't. (laughs) You just can't. So, and nothing against those of you who love funnels and all those things. And if you think, if you don't know what a funnel is and you think we're talking about a kitchen appliance, God bless you. And that's amazing. Yeah. Don't even even, even worry about it. You are just go, go make your, make your pancakes. It's all good. (laughs) Um, so ignitesoulsummit.com. I love for some of my peeps to go and take play. I would go, but I'm in Paris then. Otherwise I would love to come to your event. Yeah. We'll have to make that happen in the future for sure. Yes. Oh my goodness. I would love that so much. So go grab your tickets. And then as we wrap up here on the theme of ignite your soul for someone who feels their pilot light on their soul is just out right now. What's one small thing that she or he could do? to start turning that light back on? You know, I mean, here's the simplest thing. Cause sometimes I think like, oh, let's put our hands on our heart and let's breathe into the, you know, or like, yeah, yeah, duh, that. But what is your favorite song? You know, what song makes you just come alive? And what does it make you feel like just 
Can you put that on and just like have some time with yourself to just feel into like the joy that starts to elevate the the frequency that starts to rise within you, like the feelings that you get when you listen to that, like that version of you. I just, I want to help people just to feel alive in their bodies first before we mm-hmm. get into like, what's my purpose and how, what do I do with it? And how do like, no, 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 no. I say to, to everyone at the the summit, you know, Nobody cares what you look like when you're dancing this weekend. No, literally everybody else is just worried about their own dance moves. And so what, and if you're in dancing for you means you just sit in the chair and you close your eyes and you're like, just kind of like vibing back and forth. That's cool too. You know, what is that for you? I want to get people to that space. And, you know, um, one of my most favorite things being a New Englander, you can tell when the, when the seasons are changing because then people here, like we get real giddy when there's like a, like a January or February, like 50 degree day. Like it basically is like the middle of summer for us, but even better. And you'll hear people putting on songs like playing their music really loud and their windows are down and they're just jamming out to life. And I just want, it's like that, like, what is that song for you that you're playing and what does it make Mm. you feel? And I think that's like, that's, that'll, that'll spark your little, your little pilot light there. And then, you know, from there we can, we can start talking about like, what are we going to, what are we going to boil? What are we going to get simmering? What, what are we going to do from there? But right now I just want you to feel alive in your body. I love that. I love music as a state change. Love it. Love it. Amber, where can people go to connect with you? Yeah, they can come on over to amberlilliestrom.com. Of course, I have a podcast called the Amber Lilliestrom Show that Christine is going to be on. I can't wait for you guys to hear that episode. And my other favorite place in the world, as you know, Christine is on Instagram. And I love just, you know, pop in the DMs. I would also love to say, if you guys could share this episode and tag us and put it out on the socials, I would love to reshare it and shout you out. And thank you for sharing this conversation and for promoting Christine's amazing podcast out in the world. That's really me in a nutty little show. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the work that you do in the world. And thank you for saying yes to igniting your soul. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate you. (laughs) 